Life Audio. Today on Talk About That, John falls for a prank while driving a bus and proposes a senior league NFL. Meanwhile, I come into work on my birthday and hurt myself by waking up in a dead sprint. Plus, a conversation about internal messaging and the pressures on parents to become their child's hero. Today's episode is not sponsored by Hangman. It's like Wheel of Fortune, but with 100% more death imagery if you lose. But first, a word from our actual sponsor. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Special birthday edition of Talk About That. It's Johnny W.'s birthday and the whole world rises up to celebrate with great applause. I don't know if it means that I'm just extra dedicated to the podcast or if I'm just kind of a sad sack loser. Well, I kept asking, like, do you want to coming in on my birthday to do the podcast? I don't know. It's fine. I like doing it. What's better on your birthday than coming in and talking about yourself? You know what? You're right. That's that's my only birthday wish. It's your gift to you. Yeah. When I blow out the candles, that's what I'm wishing for. Hey, can I make this more about me? (laughs) And then I close my eyes and I just hope against hope that it'll happen. Like, what if I had a podcast that was just a stream of consciousness where Mm -hmm. I could say anything I wanted to about myself? Well, not anything. Well. We do some editing around here. We do a little bit of editing. Yeah. (sighs) We need to do that. That's what we need to give to the patrons is like the the stuff we cut out so they could just wash their hands of us all together. (laughs) They're like, oh, wow. Send them the unedited version. Yeah. It's usually like a word. That's true. It's just a word. It's usually like like a. Yeah. By the way, if you want to support the show, go to talkaboutthatpodcast.com where all the to over 270 episodes are archived. I've lost count now. And you can uh, click that link on the top right. You get ad-free content there. And uh, But yeah, so do that. That'd be great. We love our... We have a new review. Leave a review, by the way. That helps people find the show. John, you want to read that review? Uh, If you leave a review, we'll probably read it on the show if it's nice. Actually, if they're mean, that's even more fun, probably. No, don't do a mean review just to get read on the show. We won't do that. That encourages more trolling. We don't want more. Tro- we need less trolling in the world. I could use a little less. Yeah. A little less trolling. Um, you didn't have it ready. And I, I didn't. I didn't. And I told know, you a minute ago that I was yeah, going to have you read that review. I know. I'm, I'm clicking the link right now. You're but make, it's so amazing. You're making me look foolish. This is happening in real time. Uh, Memento style is the title. It's a five star. Do you know what that's referencing? Memento. Sorry. Yeah. Do you know what the fresh The fresh maker. No, John. Oh, sorry. Do you know what Memento is? Uh, Memento Mori? <sighs> no. Okay. No, John. 
I know what. It's the Christopher Nolan movie about the guy who wakes up. He loses his memory every day. So he has these series of tattoos to remind him of things. And he has to decipher every day what he has forgotten and try to start his life over. It's kind of like the darker version of 50 First Dates. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so it's like a mystery is unraveling. And so it's told in it's told out of order in a lot of ways. Uh And it's told. So that's what they're saying is they listen to the podcast out of order. Gotcha. When they say memento style. Yeah. Sorry. I've not seen that. Yeah. Oh, it's a great movie. You know, he did the Batman movies, which you probably did enjoy. I've seen those. You see the popcorn films, but you won't go see the ones that are critically beloved. Yeah, sorry about that. Anyway, you need to watch I'm, it. It's, I'm such a... It's very good. Yeah. He says, what a, fi- what a fantastic podcast. I recently discovered this one and have been listening to it all day at the office. Yeah. I wonder where he works. Anyway, uh, it's such a great series to binge. I've been doing it memento style. Mm-hmm. Though I've been listening in reverse, I think reverse order is the right way. Yeah, probably. I, I think you've you've chosen wisely here, sir. You don't want to start at the beginning. No, I wouldn't. I'd go backwards. I think we got better. John. We we've gotten better and we've gotten a little more concise. Um, and there's segments now. We have a couple of segments that we've added. Yeah, uh, things have gotten a little better. Uh, and he says, and when the new episodes drop each week, then I listen to them. So most of the episodes that I binge are in color or as John Driver puts it, not so black and white. I like that. Oh, he made a little reference. He made a reference. That's a little like pandering. Not only pandering, I think he just helped me get the book to one more person. And if you can just, if just one person read that book. one person would read that book. That's a completely. We're still waiting on one person. Just one person to to finish it. Yeah. And then the new episodes are the ones in black and white. Uh, doing it this way gives a listener the feeling that they have short-term memory loss, just like Lenny. Only the people who have seen Christopher Nolan's Memento will understand. Keep oh, up the good work. Okay. He went on to he explain. Did, yeah. Yeah. Keep up the good work on this podcast, boys. You have me crying from laughing and also crying during the deep spiritual subjects as well. I can't wait to keep listening more and more so I can finally see how this podcast got started. See, he wants to know the yeah. origin story. He wants to know our Batman Begins, Christopher Nolan. Yeah. I look forward to any future book giveaways and the past ones, too. You know what? Uh, Kyle, this is Kyle McClure via Apple Podcast. Thank you for your review. Uh, if you'll just email me at yeah. john at johndriver.com, mm-hmm. bro, I'll send you a couple books. Look at that. Yeah. Thank you so much this for your This is review. what happens when you we give and we give and you people just take, take, take. Here's the thing. I've been working with like social media now this year more than ever before. And so you may have seen some of my clips out there, uh, dear listeners. And it's we, kind of and like I, such a like boomer thing to say. I, I've been working with social media. Well, it's media. like, I don't, I don't love it. And so it's been hard for me to like give into it. But this past year, I've really invested more time in it and it's paid off. It's been good as far as like my interaction with the fan. But I had people tell me that are big social media people. They're like, well, you don't want to respond. You need to respond just enough to where they feel special that you responded to them. But if you respond to every comment, then it's not special. You want to be different. You mm-hmm. want to look You want to look like you're different. I go, I don't like those rules. So if I, somebody leaves me a comment now, sometimes I'll just go in, or if they message me, yeah. I'll respond. And so, But then sometimes it goes sideways. You didn't mean for it to. And I don't want to like call this person out because they're a listener to the show. But I, just, I thought it was such a funny interaction. This was the interaction I had yesterday. This person messaged me. Uh, her name is Angie. I won't say her last name. She said, I just heard the podcast with the manual transmission joke and it literally made me cackle. I love it. If you don't know that joke, you remember that joke, John? Did you tell this on the podcast? I think I, I was trying to remember. I don't know. But one of my one liners is if you yearly transcribe, uh, what is it? If you yearly transcribe and give out, uh, a book, 
about five-speed car repair. That's annual manual transmission of a manual transmission manual. <laughs> it's like a really like layered. That's, that's a layered joke. I've not heard that. Yeah, annual manual transmission of a manual transmission manual. So anyway, evidently I said that on the podcast. That's well done. And she goes, and I love the podcast. Exclamation points all around. Heart. She put a heart. Thanks uh, to all of you for keeping me smiling. Smiley face. So I saw that and I was like, you know what? All right, Angie, I see you. Hey, thanks for the kind words, Angie. I messaged back to her. Five minutes go by. She responds, you know, I love that you guys are so real, but now I'm mildly weirded out that you answered me. Life is so strange. So she was weirded out. She was weirded out that I responded. See, and that's an interesting... That's not what I was going for. Right, you were going for like, hey... I was going for like, hey, I'm a man of the people. Thanks for listening, Angie. Maybe she thought it wasn't me, or maybe she's like, I thought you were a big star, and now I've I've lowered myself in her eyes. Angie, I don't like this attitude. Angie, you now know this was really Johnny. He just wanted to be nice. I don't have anything. I'm here on my birthday to shoot a podcast. He's got nothing else to do, Yeah, Angie, all I do is sit around and wait for another comment from you. No, I'm just kidding. Thanks for listening, Angie. And yeah, uh, really nice. sorry if I weirded you out, but um, but thanks for listening. Yeah, I don't know. See, that's why I try to be standoffish to people. For yes, that very reason. Right? You there. can't. You listen. It's like sometimes there's rock star behavior that irks me. Sometimes you think somebody's being a rock star though, and they're not. For instance, here's a big one for me: Bono wears sunglasses indoors. Uh huh. Okay. And I, for years, I thought this guy, and I love Bono. You two is one of my favorite bands. Yeah. I see why people don't like Bono, and a lot of times it's like this guy with right. the sunglasses indoors. So aloof. Right. It's like chewing gum. You know, you just look like, yeah, I'm buying this. <laughs> you know, you just look different when you're chewing gum if you're in a conversation. And so come to find out years ago, I read an article, and he has like like macular degeneration. He has eye problems. So the bright lights hurt his eyes. And wow. he's got bright lights in his eyes all the time because he does press conferences. He does these things. And, he's, and the, the bright lights hurt his eyes. He has literally like very sensitive eyes. So he only wears that is to protect his eyes. He's not trying to be aloof. This is our official apology to Bono for just Bono, we're so, he's been through so much. <laughs> that guy can't catch a break. I tell you. But I just think like there's certain things that are perceived as being a rock star thing. But you don't know. It might have a utilitarian function. Oh. But I'm trying to go beyond that and just be like a man of the people. And even then, I'm stopped at every turn. Ugh. To be clear, too, I'm not ever aloof on purpose, usually, Yeah, to people. You're it's, accidentally aloof. I sent a text today to someone. They texted me, I think, last week. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, I'm so sorry. And I responded to it. I almost always respond. Yeah. And if I don't, it, I, it's legitimate forgetfulness. Yeah. It's not, see, it's not like you. I'm not thinking it out so right. much. Like, I'm actually living my life. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Not just like, hey, how does this work in interactions with people out there on the internet? What do the humans do when they get a message on Facebook? <laughs> what are carbon-based life forms doing these days? That's what I say to myself when yeah. I get a, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, all that said, it's hard because you don't know what the right thing to do is. I want to get in there and be like and mix it up. But I know if you get a negative comment, it's never a good idea to get in there and defend yourself. No. Usually. Sometimes you just have to clear up a, a clarify miscommunication. Yeah. That's okay. But if it's just like a you suck, you're not funny, there's no way you can ever win. No. That person's made up their mind about you. Move on. Yeah. Um and so you're just wasting life force. And again, when I said that, it wasn't yeah. like directly about you yeah it was on your page but mm-hmm. it was more about like right the 
the the kind of the way that you are. Not yeah, it's like John Shriver. <laughs> like that looks like that's... his. That's the same profile pic. <laughs> you didn't even change that. <laughs> I'm not real good on social media. You know that. So I um, sent you. Did you see the photo I sent you yesterday? Because somebody started following me on Facebook, and yeah. his name was Johnny Canada, which is my father, and he's like a middle aged guy from somewhere in the south. And he wears a little golf shirt and slacks, and he's with his wife. And I was like, he looks not unlike Johnny the, Canada, the your father-in-law. Canada. I was like, this is like bizarro. It's like yeah. the sliding doors of Johnny Canada's. Have you ever seen the two Johnny Can- Johnny Canadas in the same room at the same time? Johnny Canada sounds like a superhero name. Yeah, it's really like is. the Canadian superhero. Yeah, you know, he's their <laughs> Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's up there trying to steal all the maple syrup. He's like, to the rescue! Hold and he, this poutine while I rescue the world. Exactly. Yeah, yeah we're thinking. Eh, we're trying to all the can- all Yeah, the he's very just- polite. You know, he's a very polite superhero. Put down that bus. Yeah, oh. or I shall. Yeah. Please. He please. Says, he says, please. Hey, you know what, Johnny? Yeah. I think we want to say please as we ask our listeners just to take a moment and hear from a few of our sponsors. Hey, by the way, it's your birthday. Right. I don't know if you heard about it. I did. And you bought me lunch today. I did. But that's not all I bought you. Oh, really? Yeah. You got me a thing? I got you a thing. No. So it's not a big thing. Oh. But, you know... I'm going to be honest about this. I'm not the best gift giver, as you know. You're coming in hot with these qualifying statements on this gift. And my wife knows. Yeah. Like, I just, it's the, it's like a menu for me. But I spent several days. Really? And. Put thought into it. A lot of time searching. Well, now I have to pretend to like it. Well, it's it's not impressive at all. In the end, I went with something very simple because, like, it's like if I would have bought you things that I thought were cool, they were actually my things. Oh, I see. And then I, I bought something that I thought you would have to say, oh, thanks. Or I almost bought something. Yeah, because we're on the air. Like, I have to right. feign But some even kind as a friend, a... you'd have been like, yeah, but it would have been just kind of a waste of your time. You know, yeah. Kind of thing. So I'm probably going to make fun of it. In the end. No matter what. It's really simple. I'm, I'm tossing it to you. Oh. John. You can't. And now he's got to get up and get it. He got caught in the air. Johnny is picking it up. So what I thought instead is, yeah. me and this you, great. me and you go to Top Golf. Hold on, this is a Top Golf gift card, and it says on the top twenty five to five hundred dollars. <laughs> when you get there, just tell them how much. You didn't. It's like what I do is I cross that out and put in whatever I got it for. But you just left it open. Like let's just see. Let's just see what happens. It's either twenty five. No, it's 50, it's fifty dollars. Okay, well that's so that's enough for what ten minutes of Top Golf. Oh come on. Is, is that, that all? No, it's enough for me. You can get up. We can hour play for a couple probably. rounds, probably. Yeah. yeah. And then, are you going to go with? That's the idea. Okay. Is it? Like we've it. been talking about Top Golf a lot. Lately, we have, and we haven't. We've gone. not played golf in a while. I want to play real golf too. Yeah. So if you want to bypass, well, this, we need Top Golf to get there, get our swing back. I do. You know what? I got to get that swing back. Phew, I tell you what. That's how John found his swing. We yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, happy birthday. Thank Again, you. Again, I really did put a lot of, like, I was looking on. John, this is a gift card. You put zero thought into this. I do you understand. That was how I, I wanted you to know, I agonized for days. I really did. <laughs> and probably spent a good hour and a half internet scrolling, looking. Yeah. You're good with words, but I think you need to think about what agonized really means. No, it was like, it really was. It was <laughs> you like, tortured I want to do yourself. something nice. Yeah. And yeah, no, it's fine. and I can't. It's like a menu. I can't you know decide. what? I'm one of those guys that I love a gift card. 
Well, I knew what you would like because I almost bought you just a regular gift card. Oh, it's just like a like a, a Visa. It's like just giving me cash. Yeah, basically. what are you doing? But then I was like, but Johnny does like experiences, and we like to hang out. Yeah. So I thought, and he liked golf. So I, and you thought maybe he'll take me with him. So really. I, that was the idea. It kind so, of is a gift he, for he you. He is taking me with him because I'm off. I'm taking you to Top Golf. That's the gift. So here's the gift that's card. Very I've nice. already prepaid part of it. Yeah. Yes, I'll pay for the rest of it when we get there. If that's oh, what, well, that's good. And that's, can we get those? They have those donut holes there, John. Ooh. You seen this? So they have a dessert there that's a basket of donut holes, and then it comes with this syringe, like turkey baster of syrup, huh. that you can inject. Different injectables that you inject into the donut holes. Wow. Like custard or uh, Bavarian cream or just like jelly. Wow. And they're like they're laid off to the side like you're – you feel like a doctor. Yeah. You feel like you're performing a procedure on your desserts. Um, when when – It's a way to get fatter while you play golf. Right. Well, you act like you're doing – You sport. figured out a way to – Golf already is one of the sports. Yeah. That you can be – Yeah. Now, those guys are – in great shape that play. Well, the pro golfers are right, but didn't like John Daly was not a small. No, he golfer. was the outlier. Yeah. He was the exception that proved the rule. Like you could just as long as you got a good swing. And he had that haircut too. He had like the mullet with the bangs, the flat across the top. Looked like he'd cut his hair with a five iron. Like it just was. <laughs> it was a little jagged. It wasn't great. Uh, John Daly though, not a sponsor. He could play. Yeah, he's still alive, right? We're speaking, yeah, he's, we're he's speaking still, of him. We're in the speaking past tense. Uh, ill of the living. He's probably still Just, the senior. Well, that's tour. our policy. Could you imagine if NFL had the same thing that that pro golf had? Like they had a senior league. Like golf. That would does be something so, well. Like, no, because you're taking hits. Like you don't need to be taking a hit at forty five. The only though. sport that I can think of where it's right. like you know what bowling. You made millions of dollars doing this as a younger man. Yeah. Why don't you just keep on making millions until you until you die? Yeah. Play into your seventies and eighties. Like, what a great sport. Right. You really you're right. You can't maybe curling. Maybe. You might but, but you can't no, squat down, you no, can't get back up. I'm saying have that. the senior NFL game and just let it be what it is. Ooh. What if it like developed its own following and you know you go to a game You'd watch it. And you still, I guarantee people would still watch Barry Sanders run. You know, like the whole field's lined with ambulances just waiting Absolutely. for the injuries. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Walled all around the outskirts is just nothing but ambulances. It's like he breaks free. Gurneys. His hip breaks he free. Bre- <laughs> <laughs> I was going to wait about 35 seconds for him. He's still uh, running. He's still, yeah. The 10. <laughs> the <don't>. 9. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just started something. Oh man! So it's not XFL. Yeah, it's what this is. It is XFL, but it's EX. (laughs) The The XFL. XFL. Yes. (laughs) Oh, see what we did? We just made a whole new branding trademark. Yeah, nobody can take that from us now. I'm glad uh, intellectual property of this. Yeah, no one will ever know that we came up with that. Yeah, I hope it happens. I want to see it happen. I don't know. Well, yeah, man, it's. uh, But that's what I tell you my story about. Hurting myself, you know. I'm I'm in my late forties now. So you were playing in the XFL. So I'm playing uh, against uh, Barry Sanders. No, I I don't have night terrors as bad anymore. But even when I have them, I can talk myself. I have sleep paralysis now with the melatonin. So I lay there. I don't get up anymore and right. interact. You just stay a prison. But even when I would get up, I would get up and turn on the lights because I would think there's bugs in the room or yeah. I would see like a mouse stand up on his haunches at my alarm clock. Like I really would see stuff. 
and I would stand up and be like, oh my God. And then Curry would be like, it's not. And I would turn on the light and I would look around for a minute and then like, I know I'm okay. Right. And then Curry would be like, you're an idiot. And I go back to sleep. Yeah. You know, marriage. Right. But I've never just, I haven't sleptwalked since I was a teenager. I'm I, really impressed with how you past tense to sleepwalk. I haven't sleptwalked. That, sleepwalked. I don't know. Is it sleptwalked or sleepwalked? Anyway, I haven't done that since I was a teenager where I literally used to get up and like go stand in the corner and pee in trash cans. One time I went out in my underwear and got ready for like got ready to go to school. Like I got in the back seat of the car <laughs> in my underwear. And my mom kind of knew that I was up and so she was like back then you believed don't wake a sleepwalker. That was like the myth. <laughs> so she just kind of let me a turn on you. She, I don't know what they thought would happen. <laughs> So she like let me just like he'll be stuck that way. (laughs) His face will get stuck that way. He'll never put on clothes. (laughs) So I'm in the car and I'm you know 14 or whatever. And then I I guess she just waited and took me back to bed. She led me back to and I remember it happening, but I don't. I just thought it was a dream. So all that said, I don't really interact with these night terrors. But the other day, and I can only attribute it to this, I watched on the plane. Parks and Rec season three mm. on my trip to beautiful New Mexico. And I'm watching the episode about where they're doing the Harvest Festival. Do you know Parks and Rec? Oh, yeah, I watched So l- this was the first Little Sebastian. Yeah. Where they're all freaking out about Little Sebastian. Genuine. And uh, he, this is before they do the whole thing, but yeah, he's okay, okay. he gets out of the corral. Yeah. And then uh, Tom blames Jerry, even though it's Tom's fault. He left the gate open. Yeah. And then, because everybody blames Jerry for everything. So, I don't know if that was in my head. That was the only thing I could think of. <laughs> so, I'm dreaming the other night that some animal, it wasn't little Sebastian in my dream, but it was maybe one of my dogs. They just, a gate opens and they're gone. And I take off running after them full blast. <laughs> well, evidently, I was running full blast in real life. No way. I jumped out of my bed. And I picked up knees and everything and ran full blast into the wall no. of my bedroom. <laughs> and I don't know if I came down on my, I think I hit, and I hit my head too. I hit my nose and my head. I mean, I'm lucky I didn't break my nose because I mean, I ran full into a flat wall. And then I think I drove myself down to my knees because I just was whatever and I'm still asleep. And uh, so Curry just hears this thud <laughs> and I wake up. And I'm in pain. And I got up and I kind of limped to the bathroom to kind of check myself out and take a Tylenol. Then I go back to bed. Well, that was three days ago. Now, my knees. I showed you my knees. Oh, yeah. They're... My knees look rough. Yeah. So I was pull, I full on picked up my knees and drove them into sheetrock. Wow. Basically. I'm lucky I didn't like put a hole in the wall. Wow. So anyway, uh, RIP little Sebastian. But I was, ch- I was chasing something. <laughs> It kind of scares me though because like I've never inter- I've not interacted with a dream that way in a long time. Like yeah. I don't want to. What if that starts? What if again? I get in the car? Like what? What if you're on the road by yeah. yourself and Curry's not there to stop it? Would I be? Yeah. What if she's? What if like in your mind you're making this worse? You're solving a mystery or like fighting crime. You're uh-huh. chasing a criminal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. Like w- we could write a show about it to be like. Sleepwalker Texas Ranger. Huh? <laughs> no. no. No, John. No. No. I pulled a Johnny. You I, really did. I you, waited through you the came, whole thing. You waited. You were you had it on deck and you were like, you done, I acted like, you're like I was, you're like, you done talking? I, I got like, you. <laughs> I acted like I was interested the whole time, just that's, like you do. That's great. No, that's great. Oh, I'm sorry. You, about have, you, have you ever sleepwalked? Slept walked? Yeah. Uh I 
Well, I'm more likely to, again, see something. I haven't done that that in a long time either. Like some people cook and do crazy stuff. They eat. Like they say Ambien. That was one of the side effects of Ambien. Like a certain percentage of people will wake up and do crazy things. Look, I had a family member on Ambien, and he woke up one morning. Yeah. And he walked into his kitchen, Mm -hmm. and there was a Walmart bag with like some DVD in it. Oh, no. Yeah. Do you remember what the DVD was? So he made a purchase? No. He he got up, drove to Walmart, bought some DVD. No way. Came home, went back to bed, no recollection of this it. This feels like somebody that is like has a guilty pleasure DVD they wanted to buy. They're like, now I own ha- Happy Gilmore. My wife You're like, you just like Happy Gilmore. <laughs> Don't blame the ambient. <laughs> no, it was something like B-movie off. Like it, it, yeah. it was not, not a masterpiece like Happy Gilmore. That's great, though, that... I mean, I mean, it's a little scary. It is scary to think you drove. But everybody's had that moment where you're on a long car trip, and then you suddenly realize you don't remember the last 10 minutes of driving. Right. And you're very lucky to still be alive, because you have been interacting with other cars, but you're just in that. Right. It's like you're hypnotized by the street, uh, the lines. Yeah, the worst ever, because I used to drive a lot between, uh, Laura was in Clarksville, and I was in Knoxville, and so I... I'd stay way too late, go to see her, mm-hmm. go to dinner, hang out, stay, hang out, <laughs> and then leave at like midnight. Yeah. For And, and, and I'm going to lose an hour in the time zone and for an 8 o'clock class the next morning. So that's the worst. Like you're – Right. It's 2.30, you know, and I used to like open my moonroof, and I think I've said this before, but I'd stick my hand up in the air and mm-hmm. I'd cup the air and shoot it into my eye. <laughs> <laughs> like I'd, I'd redirect the airflow because I, yeah. I I couldn't, you know. It's like one of those plane vents that has one yeah. stream of air. Exactly. Like just shoot it and I'd crank the music up. I'd go hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold with the H. The- that's like a funny. That's like a funny visual. If somebody's driving on the highway beside you. They just see you got your fist up. You look like the end of uh, <laughs> the, the breakfast. You end at the end of Breakfast Club. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, dude, you were you were, really Judd Na- enjoy- you were Judd Nelson, bro, in the trench coat. He's really enjoying his drive. No, he's just trying not to die. But my big thing is, is when your brain starts dreaming yeah. about the highway, uh-huh. it'll do that. Right. It's almost like uh, one of those one of those uh, movies where someone's breaking into a house and they they put something in front of the security camera that looks like what you're already looking at. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like your brain will do that. Here's Here's the highway. Mm-hmm. What if you dreamed about this? See, everything's fine. So yeah, it's scary stuff. But um, I'm glad we're still here. But everybody's had that moment where you get home and you don't remember what you did. What you where did? You live. Wait. Yeah, <laughs> that's not my house. That's come on. We've all been there, uh, haven't we? Though. <sighs> Sheesh. I don't know, man. But it's weird, man. So now I have injuries from yeah. my. I'm not. I've never. I don't think I've ever had an injury. You need to start strapping yourself in. I don't want to be that guy. I can't do that. My buddy Brent one time punched himself uh, in the face. Okay. I think he said he was fighting with somebody in his dream, and he kind of uppercutted himself. Wow. And uh, so he had like a fat lip. I feel like a therapist could have a lot to say about that. Yeah. Maybe he was fighting with himself, Johnny. Aren't we all, though? Come on now. I think we are. Hey, speaking of uh, therapists, have you ever listened to... Pete's Cazero. Mm-mm. So Pete's Cazero does the emotionally healthy leader stuff. And okay. I've been listening to his podcast. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, oddly enough. 
um, anymore. But man, he's really, really good stuff. There's some really good stuff. If you know who Rich Velotis is, yeah, I, I believe if I'm correct that Pete was his lead pastor at one point. Like oh, okay. he, he mentored him and uh, mentors a lot of people. But he taught. He was talking today about. Uh, he had a name for it. I don't remember the exact name for it, but how how key it is to come to grips with. He said there's about ten or fifteen of them with like some internal message that you constantly play in the background that you that you're probably not aware that you do. Yeah. And he was using examples like there's someone that they no matter what they do they're always hearing I'm a loser. Yeah. And so. And they can respond two different ways. They can go on to become a CEO right. because they're a loser, so they have to outrun it. Or they can go on to become a drug addict and not do much in terms of achievement in their life because what's the point? I'm a loser. Or I'm abandoned. Sometimes it's, I think it's not even related necessarily to an experience. Yeah. Like sometimes there's Just almost, your wiring. Yeah, there's almost a wiring of I'm not worthy of love, I'm unloved, you know. And he said, and he never used the term self-fulfilling prophecy, which I'm so glad because it's such a yeah an overused one. But he said, what you really will do in the term or the, the study of it, he said, is what you will do, though, is you will return to what's familiar. Yeah. Your mind will subconsciously return to what's familiar. He said, so you will create scenarios where those things play out for you to be the loser. Yeah. Either to conquer it in front of other people, you know, to try to disprove it, but how you'll ret- you'll return to what's negative instinctively mm-hmm. or, or you return to that message instinctively and you will be making scenarios that you're not aware you're making and that really was fascinating to me yeah that is interesting yeah i know we just passed father's day and i think about those things sometimes about like cuz you're right everybody assumes now cuz we're into like pop psychology the last 40 50 years so we all are like novice therapists ourselves right. we know the lingo yeah. So we say things we don't even know what they mean. Like if you can't handle me at my worst, right? You, you know we don't even me. we don't even know what we mean by these things. We just say things, and we say things like self fulfilling prophecy, and they become almost meaningless. But I do think it's interesting that a lot of us believe that who we are, or the negative things about us, are all because of trauma, and I just don't believe that. I think they're they can inform, but everybody that has you know, negative things or patterns. It's not always because like you said, a message that was literally said to you, your mom literally told you one day you're worthless. Right. Some people just feel worthless and they were raised by the same person who went on to become a CEO. And, you know, this in families, you see that where, look, I raised these kids the same. Yeah. One took the message and ran with it. One just no matter what, no matter how many compliments I gave them, they couldn't be filled up by them. Yeah. So you see that in people, so it's hard, and that makes it hard on parents. I'm not a parent, but I can only imagine the pressure of, like, what is the right thing to do? What is the right message to be sending to my kids? Well, I think, first of all, when we reference CEO, we're not saying that that person ended up better off necessarily than someone right. who didn't. Because there can be right. just as uh, – it's so easy to think, well, the person who became financially successful must, right, have, sure, sure. must have done well. But the truth is they could be just in a bad spot. But I think that there's there's some some comfort in – what you just said and recognizing that every message that my child and every message I've received is not necessarily from the same source. There may be messages there that, um, I don't have anything to do with. Yeah. You know, the whole father 
mother thing, but especially with dads and Father's Day was a great example of this, you know, that your dad's your hero kind of thing. He needs to be he needs to be the hero, not in just a sense of I I elevate him. He needs to be the one who saves you from stuff. Yeah. And so there is a protective side to that, but like it is it is not and a lot of dads just run from it. It's so much pressure. And I remember um when Sadie, I don't know, I told her this story the other day, but she was seven or eight maybe. And she was feeling, I don't know, anxious about something, low self-worth in the moment. And I was very distraught. I was praying about it. Yeah. And I was just like, I mean, I have done nothing but, you know, care for this little girl since before she got here. Like, man, pray and, and speak good things. And I made a lot of mistakes as that's not that, but it's been a lot of affirmation. Like on a daily basis, it's yeah. a whole lot more building up than it is you know tearing down at least in my our attempts and i was just like i don't understand mm-hmm. where is this low self-worth coming from because i think that the hidden message we've always heard is dads especially you know we're going to build up our children and, right. and it, it's it's the father wound so, right so you can keep the father you're responsible wound. for it yeah like don't don't let there as long as you avoid the father wound and build up and I kind of heard this whisper in my heart, um, and it was almost like Jesus laughing a little bit. And I don't always hear God's voice all the time, but I kind of had this impression like, yeah. oh, you thought you could be a good enough dad to keep her from being broken. Oh, that's that's funny. Like, you thought you could stop her from being human. Right. Like, that's only I can right. deal with the actual brokenness of the human soul. Like, she came into a broken place. So you're not hopefully doing additional damage, and we're right. all doing damage. Just you're not the one breaking her necessarily, but she's going to get broken. Right. Because she's getting messaging from the world, too. It's just like people used to say that about church. Like, well, I get, you know, we used to say, you used to say that in youth group, I get your kids for an hour a week. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. they're getting this onslaught of messages from everywhere else. So, you know, you guys have to take, you know, teachers say that. you got to take responsibility for your kids' education, too, you know. Yeah. Um. Well, and the things that are not happening in classrooms or in, in youth rooms for churches are not only more um, replete or, or greater in quantity or volume, but they probably constitute more of what those what kids especially take away as yeah. as real life. Yeah, I think that's a, another hard thing as a former youth pastor who's now a dad is like trying to get my kid to understand. Now, she never says it like this, but I get this impression, not just from her, but a lot of kids her age, like that church life is different. Like this is a moment. This is what we do. This is the religious moment. Mm-hmm. And over here is the real life moment. Right. And I think adults do that every day as well. Yeah, they just don't call it that. They don't label it, but it's compartmentalized. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, this is like when it matters the most. And whether you stop pray or whether you screwed up, and made the mistake and said a cuss word or right. did something bad to somebody. Like all of those moments are, yeah. are so key. And God's not distant just because you weren't doing God things. Like you being alive is a God thing. <laughs> Life is a God thing. All, you know, so it's like bringing some of that, that like you want a sacred place, but you want people to recognize that even in the profane, there's nothing that can separate us from the sacred. Mm-hmm. And then, so when we just instinctively believe God is distant because we are doing distant things, or we're in a distant situation, a place of doubt, a place of of cynicism, a place of cursing, a place of hurting someone else, like God is equally present. And I think we really miss that because we compartmentalize. Like, well, when I get done with this, 
right. I got to deal with God now. Yeah. Not like God was there with me, you know. Uh, yeah, I was doing an interview and I was talking about, um, it might have even been my phone interview for like, a, yeah, there was something I did. And it was basically, they were talking about laughter. And this wasn't a a, a religious setting. But I started talking about laughter as like this thing that I think it reveals so much about a crowd. And I think it's why we love it so much. It's a, like, and it's an affirming thing. It's like an agreement, uh-huh. this huge agreement that happens between a group of disparate people. Yeah. We're all so different. And yet in the moment, we all agree that was funny. We all did it at the same time. And we're in the dark together. So we feel enveloped by this feeling. And I said, honestly, I think it's kind of a holy moment. Yeah. You know? And I think they were kind of set back on their heels a little bit when I said that, but I really believe that. I think that's one of the reasons laughter is so powerful in healing is because it's like this huge agreement about something. We found common ground or we found something, even if it's something dumb. Like I have a friend who talks about like, well, we can't all agree on politics. So politics is a terrible place to go with your comedy, but we can all agree we hate the Limu Emu. <laughs> so write jokes about that. Right. And so that's kind of where you want to go. If you want to get a crowd laughing, find the thing that we all can agree on or we yeah. all have experienced. But I think there's a there's a holy moment there, even though, like you said, we're in this profane world, there's like these little glimpses. And I think laughter is one of those things. I think that's why I'm so drawn to it. Yeah. And to create it. Yeah. And I think the things that unify, I mean, it sounds, it sounds cliche and I'd being around your comedy world so long. Yeah. I think we roll our eyes at people who are not people. We roll our eyes at the statements of, Hey, come on and do this interview about, you know, how, you know, laughter does a heart good like medicine. Right. Right. Like, right. you know, there's like a real, they find the one Bible verse that they can like, right. to. Like, it's okay. Everybody to laugh. Like we're trying yeah. to reassure people that it's okay. Cause it's like, we shouldn't have to do that. It's such yeah. strange that people it feels feel super like, forced. I got to find a scripture to make this okay that yeah. we're having a comedy in a church or whatever. It's almost like you sanitize what was good about it yeah. out of it. Like you dissected it a little too much and now the frog is dead. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've even talked about that when I talked to people about like, do you call yourself a Christian comedian? I was like, not really. I said, people market me that way and I'm fine with it. But I always hearken back to like Derek Webb of Cayman's Call used to say, whenever you see the word Christian used as anything other than a noun, it's a marketing tool. Yeah. And I try not, I try to be careful of like people. I know what they mean. What they mean is this is safe for your family. This is not going to be offensive. Yeah. But to a lot of people that are just like, they just got to watching Jim Gaffigan's or Brian Regan special. They see Christian comedian. They're like, is this going to be, this guy got puppets. Has this guy, right? is this going to be very uh, safe and not take any chances yeah. and not push any, like, I don't think that that sends the message that, of what my show is going to be. So I don't like, it's almost like a misrepresentation, but I see churches that are doing it and I understand why they do it. And I enjoy doing comedy in churches still. So I'm like, okay, I see why they're going, but I would never market myself that way. Cause again, I think it's, that's marketing. Yeah. I am a Christian, but it's like comedy to me, comedy should, I don't think it should offend, but it should challenge. Sure. And I think a lot of people don't want to be challenged. Uh, even in a church setting, even when the ser- in a sermon, they don't want to be challenged. They want to be affirmed. 
So definitely they don't want to be challenged by, okay, this guy, this guy don't align up with my beliefs. Let's just fold arms and not laugh. Like we have audiences doing that now in comedy shows where they're just like, they're waiting for you to pick on their hated political candidate before they'll laugh. You know? Yeah. Jamar Tisby, uh, has written a lot about, he had a, uh, someone at a Christian college or somewhere he was having, or maybe as an interview, they were talking about evangelical Christians and this person described evangelical Christians as people who don't ask questions. Hmm. Yeah. Like that, that for that person was that experience. Yeah. I think it comes back to that. I don't want to be challenged. I don't want to be faced. And you know, I've, I'm very decided Yeah. already because there are fundamental truths about God that are, um, infallible. Yeah. Right. Unassailable. So therefore, but I need not need to have a made up mind about everything. Right. I can now take anything else that I can fit under that Christian umbrella. Yeah. And say also this. Yeah. You know, when the church fathers and mothers from the beginning, and certainly the prophets of old, there's always a wrestling. I mean, mm-hmm. Israel means wrestling. Right. And we're, you lean into that, the mysteries of God. And part of that may be our Google culture where we just want to know everything or we want to have it all settled. But I read a quote kind of similar to that, John. It was something like evangelical culture took uh, what was like the gospel tries to address unanswerable questions. And but evangelical culture sometimes turns that into unquestionable answers. Like we just Uh go like we this is the creeds. This is what it is. And like even this doctrine that we have about how long your hair should be is an unquestionable creed. Yeah. You know, like we've made up our minds and if you don't want to be a part of our whatever our sect is, whatever our yeah. denomination is, look, you're free to leave, but this is what we have and we believe that we're we figured it out and these are unquestionable tenets now. And so yeah, the, it's it's kind of held you're held in contempt for yeah. having questions. That's very interesting. We're talking about that last week a little bit, but everything should not be pulled into the creeds. The creeds are important. Yeah. Um uh, Nicene Creed is probably the most uh, the most accepted international statement of Christian faith of what we would say. Hey, if you're if you are a believer, most most Orthodox, if you're going to use that word, believers, they believe this Nicene Creed. And I think about traditions we grew up in where there are other things listed as they would call them fundamental truths, right? Maybe. Um, Denominations begin creating their own version of that that would include a lot, yeah. most of it from the from the Nicene Creed. Um, but like there was a there, I, you know, I've struggled. Put it on the same level though, exactly. Like it's like Jesus was born of a virgin. Also, this you know, uh, alcohol right. consumption is this damnable thing. And so, like now you've elevated this weird tenet to the same level as. Christ's incarnation. Right. And and that's <laughs> and that's such a key like I, I remember and I don't mind talking about this because it's fine, but you know, the the Pentecostal denomination that, that you and I are both a part of, and we were both actually mm-hmm. ordained in at one point. Um you know, there was sixteen fundamental truths, and one of those was a higher uh, was uh, um, uh, about the Holy Spirit in yeah. particular was a greater point of emphasis, right? Functionally, 
they could say it wasn't, but it was because they would call it. This is our distinctive. That right. that was their thing. This is what makes us different than the Baptists or whatever. And like, I came to a point as a history teacher and a guy on a journey here where it was like that was written in 1914. Mm-hmm. The Nicene Creed was written uh, in the in the fourth century. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, and they didn't include one of those. Right, so basically you're saying these poor lost souls for those 1,500 years had no clue, and thank God we came along in 1914 and figured it out and got it right. It really was a lot of <laughs> yeah. that, and yeah. I love those guys, and I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for my heritage and all those things, but I think again, and Laura and I always laugh, it all comes back to Henry Ford for me, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, in fact, I watched The Food That Built America last night. Did you know that Henry Ford is responsible for charcoal briquettes? Of course. Ford, no, I didn't know Ford that. Used no to, one knows that. That he, they had, were invented by someone else because that's a man. Tell me he didn't have charcoal briquettes like heating a car or something. Well, no, but all but there was a lot of wood. People on the were just cars. getting set on fire and dying of carbon monoxide <laughs> poisoning. The Model Ts had a lot of wood. Yeah, you know, and so the sawdust shavings. And he hmm. tried to figure out with Mister Kingsford, who he worked with. Right. Um, what can we do with all this? And nobody was cooking outside back then like it wasn't a thing to grill in the backyard there was no such thing as a backyard you know yeah. back then and so basically the, he, you, you see these bags they were selling them at Ford dealerships yeah. they started selling little grills huh. like these little grills with these bags of Ford charcoal and it briquettes. was the shavings it was them taking the yeah they, they would from the they would, manufacturing of the cars because yeah charcoal is already burnt wood that's yeah. then compacted and then when you reburn it it creates that huh. that different anyway but like Henry Ford, this idea that we can we can put everything on an assembly line, we can make it all the same. I think that's there's almost a, there's a pride to it in modern post industrial revolution culture, Western culture in particular, yeah. that says in 1914, sure, let's redefine, right, or let's add one, and we're good with this. When I mean, I, I'm not saying that the early church got everything right. Yeah, And I understand that we're supposed to, we talked about, I think, redemptive movement before in the hermeneutical world. But like, so yes, we keep moving and, and yet now we see, yes, hey, we don't need slavery today, that we see some of those in biblical times, it, different in context and historical, but there's a movement forward of what the gospel does that we can live out maybe even better today because the Bible's culture is not is not necessarily – the utopian society that we right. act like it is. That's where God encountered people where they were. Right. Descriptive, not prescriptive. Right. And so he expects us to keep growing because he's not going to until we're with him and yeah. perfect all things. But like this idea though of going, man, if guys who are three people or three or four generations removed from the apostles, mm-hmm. like if they didn't have one of those in the 16 fundamental truth, I struggle with that now. Like I yeah. go, hey, you know, th- there's a moment in time to go, we should beware when we think that modern ways of seeing the world – it might be a better expression today. I'm not saying that. But when we completely abandon 2,000 years' worth of church culture or history yeah. in favor of modernism – modernism or presentism is the term where you, you, know, you evaluate through our, our, our current eyes. And you, or you begin to believe that what's happening today, we're smarter than Socrates. Yeah. It's like we have such little respect, I think, not only for our elders who are alive today. Yeah. I mean, think about our culture is very against old people, but also against 
people in our past because we assume without technology and iPhones that somehow yeah, we have a higher intelligence when truthfully we're probably dumber. We're than not they a were. nickel smarter. No. We have all the information in the world in our pocket and just not even close. John, it's funny you should bring up history. You know, I thought I thought it was too. Because it's a special day because it's my birthday. It is. Uh, but it's also time to take a look back at this week in history. It's a segment we like to call Talk About Then. Right, John. I wanted to bring this up because I know we want to launch a new segment very soon. John and I have been talking about this, but we love like the history of colloquialisms and history of like words, the etymology, if you will, mm. which is also the study of insects. And I think you will. Uh, no, that's entomology. I know. Uh, just being stupid here. But I saw this yesterday and made me laugh or made me, I think you would think it was interesting. It was uh, an article about where the history of Words that we use every day that are actually people's last names. And one of them was boycott. Did you know boycott comes from somebody's last name? No. In 1880, the word was invented to describe what was happen, happening to one Charles Cunningham boycott. Because of the way he treated the farmers who rented land from him, the people in his town refused to have anything to do with him. Huh. So that was the I first. I wanted his name to be like Jedediah or something. Jedediah boycott. Oh, Jedediah boycott. It was a Charles Cunningham boycott. Cunningham's, that's... Yeah. Oh, Cunningham little, boycott. I'm not going to so call him Charles. They, uh, they let their dollars do the talking and said, like, we're done with you. Interesting. And he probably kicked them all out of his right. rental houses, but yeah, I don't know if it worked. He we may have still... We don't know if the first boycott worked. We don't know if it actually was successful, but... Yeah. Uh, okay, so this week in history, let's move on. Uh, hold on, let me find it. I got it pulled up over here. Don't you leave me. Okay. Uh, Studebaker, talk about cars, Studebaker uh. and Packard merged john this week in 1954 the last two independent u.s automakers i did not know that did you know that i did not know that independent automakers u.s automakers agreed to combine forces which as we know they went on uh, didn't go so well uh they formed the studebaker corporation in uh, 1962 they probably should have kept it as it was the hollow nickel spy case john oh uh, was found hidden uh, in 1953 this week, microfilm from a Soviet spy is found in a hollow nickel by a newspaper delivery boy. That's a very old sentence. <laughs> newspaper delivery boy, nickel. Don't take any hollow nickels. And Soviet spy. Although we, we wouldn't have Soviet spies. We'd have Russian spies now, but we wouldn't have Soviet spies. The coin felt funny to the newspaper boy, so he dropped the nickel on the ground and it fell apart, revealing a tiny microfilm. He had been given the nickel earlier as change. Years later... It was determined that the nickel belonged to Soviet spy Rudolf Ebel, who was uh, exchanged for for captured U.S. U two pilot Gary Powers. Wow! So I don't, and they didn't. They've, I don't, I've not found out what it what the microfilm had on it. Hopefully, it wasn't like really important secrets, U.S. secrets yeah. or whatever. But yeah. So yeah. So don't take any uh, hollow nickels. Yeah. I used to. You ever hear the old phrase? Don't take any wooden, wooden nickels? nickels. Yeah. I don't know. John, this week, uh, nineteen eighteen, the Great Circus train wreck. A train engineer fell asleep and crashed into the rear of a stopped circus train, killing 86 circus personnel in Indiana. The engineer had slept little, if at all, in the preceding 24 hours. See what happens? Mm. This is just like your car story. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is why you never became a train conductor. That combined with several heavy meals, several heavy meals, and kidney pills are thought to have caused... Uh, him to fall asleep at the controls. He missed at least two automatic signals and warnings posted by a brakeman before plowing into the back of a 26-car circus train, which had made 
an emergency stop to check a hot box. The engineer and his fireman were criminally charged, but the jury found itself deadlocked and a mistrial was declared. Prosecutors declined to retry the case and charges were dropped. So nobody faced any recompense for this. Just a, I feel like that there should have been more than one yeah, engineer. Maybe. And, you know, I don't know. It's like one of those things of like, it's obvious negligence. Obviously, he didn't set out to kill people. But when you have somebody behind the wheel, there's a lot of responsibility there. You yeah. shouldn't be. I've had a lot of heavy meals. I think I've dodged a bullet. And between that and my kidney pills. I can tell you something. When I used to drive the bus with the kids. Yeah. I'd feel the way. You'd feel it. the, yeah. yeah. I'd feel it behind. I'd pray a lot. And then, of course, the kids would troll you every now and again. I remember the time that, uh, didn't Dane text you like you left me at the gas station? <laughs> yeah. And you start we, freaking out. We were an, an hour down the we road. We were like an hour. And he was like, you left me in, yeah. You and, left me in Manchester. And it was so like something that would really happen. And your heart just sinks. Because yeah, it's so many kids. It's like home alone. And I'm going. You just go. Where's Kevin? And I'm mad yeah. at Dane because I'm like, why did you wait an hour? Right. What were you doing? Were you that distracted? You're just roaming around a gas station? All this, And it was very possible. Yeah. All that's very possible. Right. Dane, I hope you're listening. It's yeah. very possible that you're being And then bad. he goes, ah, did he come up to you or did he text you back? I think Because he's in the bus I when he sent Laura the text. went running back at the bus. Yeah. And found him. He's hiding. Yeah, or something. It was like, oh, you little. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. These kids are no good. That's oh. what we're getting at. <laughs> You know, he's a trusted staff member of this church, (laughs) we like to think. All right, John, finally, this week, 1633, do you want to take a guess? Puritans? Galileo was prosecuted for teaching the earth revolved around the sun. Wow. I think we've shared this a little bit before, and I think there's a spiritual element to this because it's kind of like we talked about individualism versus collectivism before, but Galileo was literally just teaching against the idea that the earth was the center of the universe and everything revolved around us. Yeah. He had the gall to say, no, no from what I've seen this, they're like, he's a witch. They, yeah. they get so mad. Uh, and it's a very, it's one of those things. That's when you really see somebody has grown up in real life. It's when they start to realize the earth does not revolve around uh-huh. them. You know? Um, anyway, it does make one wonder. I would like to go read up on how they tied the earth being the center of the universe to their theology. Yeah, it would be because, interesting to know that. Because I believe that he was excommunicated. It says, I'll read the story, the astronomer Galileo Galilei, mm-hmm. which is one of those double names. Yeah. Kind of. Like a very uncreative mother. <laughs> you know, why not just Bob Galilei? Anyway, he was sentenced to prison by the Roman Inquisition, so it was definitely a religious. Uh, for teaching that the earth revolves around the sun, heliocentrism. Hmm. Uh, In 1615, the Roman Inquisition had determined that heliocentrism contradicted the Holy Scripture, citing biblical passages such as Psalm, and he has a bunch of them, the world is firmly established, it cannot be moved, Ecclesiastes 1.5, and the sun rises and sets and returns to its place. So they're taking these Uh and and extrapolating physical movement and scientific movement from these kind of abstract concepts. Right, from a poetry book. Right. Right. Um, Galileo's dialogue concerning the two chief world systems. To be clear... Yeah. Psalms is a Psalms is a song book or right. near in the poetry. I didn't mean the whole Bible's a poetry right. book. Sorry. Supported heliocentrism and he appeared to attack wait, so Galileo's dialogue, uh, by their way of thinking, appeared to attack Pope Urban the Eighth. So for this indiscretion, Pope Urban had him brought before the Roman Inquisition under threat of torture. Galileo recanted, did not know this. He was sentenced to house arrest for life and publication of any of his works was forbidden. Wow. 
as late as so they basically canceled him. Yeah, I mean that's the original cancel. Wow, because he was just you're under house arrest. None of your work's gonna. You can't make money from anything, and basically you're being discredited. As late as 1990, the church still showed support for Galileo's prosecution, as evidenced in a speech by Cardinal Ratzinger, who later became Pope Benedict Benedict the 16th, in which he stated her, the Roman Catholic Church, verdict against Galileo was rational and just, and the revision of this verdict can be justified only on the grounds of what is politically opportune. However, in 1992, two years later, the Catholic Church admitted they were wrong in this decision. Wow. So can you imagine hanging on to That's the thing, too, about, you know, people talk about religion being closed-minded, and I think that's not necessarily true because I feel like whether what you believe about God is the most important question to ask, so we have to be seekers. But when you see something like this where somebody hangs on until 1990, yeah, you know, it's like, all right, dude. <laughs> you know, well, and, and what I what I read in it too is in the original, you know, that there is this Pope Urban. Like, there has to be an attack against someone's power. Mm-hmm. Like when you see power, I think back to your Christian being used as a as a marketing term, or, you know, or as an adjective. Like anytime you see something rubbing up against someone's power, right, structure. And that there's a def- there's a religious defense for the sake of power, like n- not biblical authority. I understand there's there's a t- time and place to have that conversation, but biblical authority then again gets brought under that umbrella. Right. Any you know I- any sort of talk about one's authority or power comes under you know a place of uh, of basically heresy to someone else. But that's very interesting right. to me. Um, yeah, that they they hung on to it, and then of course two years later, I don't know what the the occasion was because was he still pope? Was Pope Benedict still the pope then? And they were like, "Look, we got to come off this. Like you made this statement, but we as a church now have to move away from this." Or yeah, was he not pope anymore? I don't know enough about Catholic uh, the history of the popes. Maybe maybe it was like Jedediah boycott. Yeah, you know, like his followers. Right. They're like, you know what? We're done with this church. <laughs> Gosh, very effective, guys. We are. We're hoping that you don't boycott this show, please, and full on cancel us because I feel like I'm already under house arrest, being stuck here with John for an hour, <laughs> and all my all my works won't be seen by anybody. There's a good chance of that anyway. But if you wanted to see Johnny's works, you should try johnnyw.com. That's J O N N I E W. If you want to see John's works, go to johnnyw.com. <laughs> no, johndriver.com. Uh, where you can see all of the newest books. John's got some new projects in the works. Ugh. Exciting things. The written word is his playland. Oh, my god. The goodness. English language is like a palette yes. that he, not like a palette like a painter would have, like a, like a stack of pillows on the floor that you make. You know, when you make, say more like, you know when you make a palette when you go to, or like a wooden thing that you stack sacks right. of concrete on. The pillows are good because you could fall asleep in any of my books. I wonder if that's a cultural thing when you say make a palette on the floor, if they say that everywhere. That's certainly growing up. It's a southern thing, you right? come over, we'll make a palette. I need to ask our northern audience. Did you guys ever say make a pallet on the floor? If we and said you knew that, what did it you meant. think your mom's going to stick you on a piece of wood? Right. Right. And then put you in the overhead. <laughs> <laughs> Bring out a forklift. That's right. But yeah, we make a pallet on the floor. That's it. You make a little fort down there. Uh, it's fun. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But yes, uh, you can check out also uh, past episodes. We've already talked about that. And if you'd like to listen to the podcast without any ads, you can just become a Patreon subscriber. Love uh, our patrons. At any level. So just go to our website, talkaboutthatpodcast.com, and just click in the upper right, and that's how you get ad-free content sent to you by just uh, 
becoming a part of the support team, Johnny. Just the, listen, it's just ones and zeros are moving around. What is money? What but is a, it really? It's a construct. If it's a construct, you should have no problem letting go of it into Patreon. I feel like house payments are a construct, and please don't make me miss one. <laughs> Thank you, patrons. <sighs> Yeah, it's a, it's uh we do appreciate our patrons. Thank yeah. you for listening and thanks. Mm-hmm. Hey, send us some more reviews uh, if you have any questions or topics, things you'd like for us to discuss. Um, you can send them over. You can actually just email me directly if you want to, John at johndriver.com. Look at you giving out your real email. Hashtag John Driver. I always feel weird when I say it. John at johndriver.com. And yours yeah. is Johnny at Johnny Johnny at, com, But yeah. it doesn't have your real last name. Mine feels very pretentious. Mm-hmm. Of course, what could be more pretentious? Then coming up, just calling yourself by a, a letter. Yeah. That's very... It's like, they'll get it. Yeah. It's like, I'm like, share. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. You're sting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Johnny W. She's killing me. I'm so, sorry. Happy freaking birthday. I'm just kidding. Thank you. I would like to celebrate Johnny today, though. Hey, you're a good you're a good friend, a good guy, and I uh, appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> that was a nice save. <laughs> How old are you? I'm not going to say. I don't well, like it. Well, we make- just got we just got through talking about how the people disrespect people the older they get, and now you're going to play into that by making me like say my age. People like, oh well, he's put out to pasture. Well, I can't make my dad joke that I make the day of everyone's birthday if you don't tell me. Or you don't look a day over, whatever the other. Right? Doesn't seems like just yesterday you were, and I say the old age. It's not a day over. It's just like it's my own version of it. Hey guys, send us the stuff you want us to talk about. We really enjoy doing it. We'll see you next week on Talk About That. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God looks at your heart, not your gene size. Do you know the verses yet still stress over your body? Oh, I get it. I was raised in church, but I struggled with food, eating disorders, and my body for decades. I'm Heather Creekmore, host of the Compared To podcast, where we talk about all things body image and comparison from a biblical perspective. We get real about the pressure to focus on appearance in a culture where looks seem to matter most. Whether you're wrestling wrinkles or battling the scale, Compared To Who is the show for you. You'll laugh a little and be encouraged a lot. If you're ready to stop comparing and start living, visit lifeaudio.com to listen and subscribe.